0: Hey guys, I'm here today with Danielle Gravel. She is a dispensary expert who was put in charge to run some new dispensaries called Reverie 73. I absolutely love the name because Reverie means clear state of mind. And 73 was the first year states band together to try and legalize marijuana. So That's really cool. So thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. Absolutely, it's a pleasure to be here. So what made you interested in the cannabis industry and how long have you worked in it for?
1: Um, I'm actually going on my eighth year in the industry um, and honestly kind of uh, fell into the intrigue of seeing folks when it first was uh, medically um, ex- explored here in Massachusetts and in California um, I had, you know, my own issues with um, trying to find solutions through Western medicine with uh, different ailments and actually didn't use cannabis until I was in my late 20s, almost 30s. Um, I had tried it one time when I was 18, didn't really like the effect uh, again back then, like nobody really knew what you were smoking. You're just getting right. it from a person, you knew a person, um, kind of wrote it off as like not a thing for me. And then, you know, was really struggling with uh, a rare uh, neurological misfire that caused extreme nausea. Nothing seemed to help. Um, had somebody who was like, hey, try it medically. You, know, you never know. It could help. You know, I've heard it helps with nausea with, you know, folks in, in chemotherapy and all kinds of things. Thought might as well. That one experience at 27 changed my entire course of my life and uh, ended up, you know, having a, a lot of relief from my symptoms, um, overlapped into being able to get off multiple medications. Um, you know, uh, over a course of time, really kind of wanted to explore exactly what this was that, you know, was illegal, but was working, you know, over on the West Coast for people. And it wasn't medically legal here, or anything like that yet in Massachusetts went over there, uh, dug into the market, learned everything I could about cannabis and ended up working my way up through cultivation, a dispensary, became management, became a general manager. And, you know, really just through my own personal experience and seeing all these other people have such, you know, positive life-changing moments, um, wanted to bring that back over here once because it was legal finally. Um, And I had back home, saw a couple opportunities of things, you know, I'd, I'd love to do different and ended up coming back, working for another large dispensary and ending up here with the Reverie team, um, opening up, you know, really education-based, knowledge-based, comfortable environment, you know, to the new user. Um, not a lot of folks like me, um, you know, maybe at 30 years old feel super comfortable going into a dispensary if they've never done it before. Um, so, I'm excited to be a part of a group that's bringing that kind of, you know, relaxed, just come and shop experience. It's not intimidating. You don't have to know what you're doing. That's what we're here for. Amazing. I love how you have such
0: a huge passion for it. And you're, you know, doing this and trying to also help other people out. It's amazing. And I'm so glad it worked for you with your NERF stuff. So that's awesome. So what is your position now? And like, uh, what do you do with that?
1: So, um, my title is general manager of our first site in Lowell. I'm also helping oversee the um, opening of our Beverly and Gloucester sites, which are coming down the pipeline over the next year and a half. Beverly is under construction and that's going to be right on Rantoul Street, so right in that downtown uh, area. Um, and, uh, Gloucester is a little bit of a a bigger project. So it's going to be early, uh, 2023, Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, doing the same thing there where we're just building up those sites and, you know, we're going to get the same kind of knowledgeable team in, uh, that really beautiful, um, kind of, you know, elegant, almost experience, but accessible still, you know, you feel nice when you're in there, but it's not, you know, gonna, be this, you know, pretentious experience. We want it to feel comfortable.
0: Yeah, a lot of people don't know where to start. And that's why, like, we you, you need friends who know like a bunch about it to be like, yo. Exactly. <laughs> you know? So you said you moved up the ladder to get where you are today. So like, what jobs exactly did you work before getting this big leadership position?
1: Um, I I started at the bottom. So when I moved to California, I was fortunate enough to know people who were in the industry and over there, it was at the time an unregulated market. So you could, you know, cultivate and sell and do all that, but it wasn't, you know, regulated at all. Um, No licensing really. Um, you know, just local things. Um, and so I got into a um, grow operation and, you know, learned a little bit about cultivation. I my first job ever was uh, trimming. Um, So that was always fun. Um, You know, really learning the essence of the actual plant and what goes into cultivation. And then I was able to move into a dispensary over there um, in the capital city of Sacramento, which was awesome because we got to work with the, the legislators and the regulators to help. Form, the actual regulations that went through um, and, and make adjustments where they were a little bit too restrictive and they didn't make sense for the market. Um, so that was a really awesome experience to not only see the cultivation and the retail side, but the advocacy side. Um, so I got a lot of um practice talking with representatives local government city councils um and really changing their minds about their perspective of what cannabis actually is and you know what what they think a cannabis user looks like and and what they think they're coming to the dispensary for um and to get them to understand that even if you're recreational you are getting a medical or or a therapeutic benefit rather um, from it, even if you're not a medical patient. Mm -hmm. Um, And that a lot of folks that are recreational might be, you know, using it for their Uh, stress, or they're using it to help them get to bed at night, or they're using it to unwind instead of a glass of wine. Um, Mm -hmm. So all of these things are a wellness impact on their lives in a positive direction. And I think a lot of people don't, don't know that. Um, So that was a big challenge of talking with, you know, representatives and lawmakers um, throughout Northern California and, and, and flipping counties that had bans and they're allowing, you know, because of us going in and lobbying to, to, um, function and, and operate. And it gave me an insight to, um, that you can change, you know, you can change local government mind on, on big issues, even federally illegal ones. Um, so kind of fired me up. Uh, I ended up uh, working in a dispensary with um, a unique group of uh, individuals, it was woman-owned. Um, was able to form a partnership with my boss um, and became a co-owner with her in another venture um, and opened up our own. Um, and that was, you know, a wild experience building, you know, our, my own first business and you know a startup for other folks uh, that I was partnering with. Um, and I learned a lot. <laughs> I learned a ton. And um, the pandemic hit. so we had an opportunity to kind of sell out to a group of uh, individuals that were like-minded. They were running the same kind of kind of education based, customer-based, community organized um, dispensary group. So we you know, handed it off to them, and I came over here to jump into the Massachusetts market and see what I can bring my knowledge to, to share here, you know, with folks. Wow, you're, you are—you have so much experience. <laughs> I do. I do for for my age. I have a lot of experience in the industry, and it's just because I'm so hungry. Uh, I just yes. love learning more.
0: <laughs> yes, I love that. I aspire to be like that. <laughs> so, I
1: encourage it.
0: Yeah, I need more
1: women in leadership over here.
0: It, it's actually it's funny how you brought up the whole like it's like having a glass of wine because I remember like telling even my cousins about you know, what I'm into, and, you know, they ask, like, oh, how often do you do it, and I'm, like, well, it's, like, kind of my medicine, so, like, right. I'm gonna do it, like, you know, pretty much every night, and they're, like, oh, well, I have a glass of wine every night, but, you know, haha, like, they think it's not the same, I mean, like, I feel like I'm getting even more therapeutic benefits than a glass of wine, you know, <laughs> exactly, like, it's
1: not, you can't really, <laughs> yeah, you're not impacting your liver either, you know, mm-hmm. you the side effects of consuming alcohol. Um, right. and you know, my family's a big, you know, have a, have a drink at the end or a beer at the end of the night or a glass of wine. Right. And I kind of like broke that cycle of it. Cause I, it's just so much better for me, no hangover, no, no, you know, negative impact the yeah. next day. Um, And there's kind of like in in California, it's more commonplace. But there's, there's kind of like a meme joke that goes around that's like, let's change mommy needs a glass of wine to mommy needs a joint. And you know why is one more stigmatized than the other.
0: Yes, yes, I completely agree with that.
1: Yeah, I'm on board for it. You know, yeah. you're more likely to go have fun and play with your kids if you smoke something than maybe you have a glass of wine. That's true.
0: <laughs> get some sativa, you know. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, get real creative. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so if someone decided that they wanted their own dispensary, how could they get started? And I know this is a big question. What obstacles do they need to go through?
1: Sure. Um in any state, in any market, there's going to be, you know, the regulatory barriers. Um, and that comes with not only, you know, your... One, it's federally illegal, right? So you've got all those kind of weird rules and, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of things to navigate around that. And then you've got your state laws and you've got your local laws. Um, so understanding and navigating that space... Oh, you're on mute. <laughs> Uh, It can be difficult to navigate the regulations and it can be difficult to um, even understand the process because even the application process is very greatly county to county. Um, Some, you know, want state approval first then local. It's just kind of like odd, uh, odd situation of how it's actually set up. There's no set, you know, clear defined process. Um, And then you run into Things like, you know, where I was in Brookline, they had, I want to say, 66 unique rules to that city or to that dispensary, in addition to all the other rules. That you already have to abide by. So you're, you know, in Lowell, uh, for instance, you know, a rule they have is, uh, uh, you know, appointment only for the first 90 days. And that's what our our, our dispensary is. Um, but, you know, the next city over, they might not have that. And so getting all the local um, governance on the same page is going to be a challenge. Um, because, you know, local always uh, is, is superseding, you know, in, in the state law, like they've, you got to follow the state law, but locals will allowed to be more restrictive um that and then of course the financial barrier of licensing is is not cheap um construction's not cheap you know getting a, a, the right security systems and cameras and alarms uh, all these things that are required to keep your premises monitored and safe those come you know obviously with quite a price tag um, right. so so finding financial partners, right? Um, so I would say, you know, the best uh, way to kind of get your foot in the door if you're really ambitious is to um, learn as much as you can, be a regulation nerd. Um, I've read the regulations so many times, um, and you'll run into people who, you know, not to, not to throw shade, but you'll run into people who, have, who own businesses that have never read the regulations. Oh and my except, gosh. <laughs> all right I mean that's a lot of trust in your staff that yeah. people are telling you the right thing or doing the right thing you know mm-hmm. um and people are human you know you might miss something um it's good to have a team that understands and it's good to know you know at least you, you at very least your management staff and up knows the regulations um it, that's the one thing is is you know just really understanding what you're, what you're getting into, what all the rules and things are, um, you know, your advertising restrictions, all that. Um, so I would say your two biggest barriers is just going to be, you know, not understanding the processes and that, that initial financial startup, right. right. Um, which is comes with any business, but with cannabis, it's just a bit more cumbersome because of all the security requirements and, and different things you need.
0: Right. Lots of regulations. So yeah. when you were
1: uh
0: running this, you're co-owning this dispensary, mm-hmm. um, did you have investors like to put in money for it?
1: Yeah, so my partners actually um were the investors. Um, um so they came with their own, you know, investment uh, uh, you know terms and all that fun stuff. Um and uh we were lucky because you know my partners were the investors, but um right. a lot of times usually um, you'll have like an ownership group and then, you know, you're, they'll hire a management staff or, um, you know, something that's more commonplace you're seeing over here now, which is not, you know, anything out of the ordinary in other states is what's called an MSO multi-state operator will come in and and buy an established group of licenses like because you can have three dispensary licenses here right so somebody's looking to maybe you know especially with the pandemic somebody's looking to get out of the industry or get out of their group because it's not you know maybe financially viable for them or it's not what they wanted they'll sell out to you know a, a big state group that's uh you know popping up dispensaries everywhere that's another way to do it is to get involved in you know kind of that i see i see yeah wasn't
0: what green thumb industries
1: that is like huge yeah there's green thumb uh there's atg is another mso uh parallels in in massachusetts um there's a, a medmen um there's a, a cookies <laughs> there's a, <laughs> operators popping up everywhere yeah oh, it's a very competitive <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's hugely competitive industry yeah
0: so how do you choose what products to sell and what is the process of getting product to the store
1: yeah um so we shop, uh, the menus of cannabis is interesting because because it's an agricultural product. Um, so their menus flip over a lot. It's not like we're buying from like a, like a consistent, uh, you know, we can buy X product every single time and it's here in supply, uh, because it grows and just the nature of cannabis, uh, plants are on different, you know, life cycles it might take four months to grow one where it takes, you know, two months to grow another, um, it's not, uh, you know, defined menus. So we have rotating menus. We have a fantastic product manager, Corey, uh, that just started. She's amazing. Um, and basically with all the different vendors we have, um, we, we go basically through all the vendors that are available in the state, kind of make an assessment on the quality of product. Um, what's their mission, uh, and company values. Uh, do they care about, you know, their community? Did they care about diversity? Do they care about, you know, um, inclusion? Uh, we just, don't want to work obviously with anybody that's you know got any kind of products. Uh, we want to have integrity in and a curated right. selection for our customers. So Corey's great at um, going through those brands. Uh, like we carry Howells, um, very conscious brand. Um, we carry Coast. Um, we carry a lot of, of the botanists people who care about the quality, and integrity of their products.
0: So curious. So when you uh, go to like assess these companies, is there a person like trying to sell you the products or it's just like there and you do, just choose?
1: Yeah, so how the market's set up is uh, you've got wholesalers working for the distribution portion. So they're the ones who are trying to get on your shelves. And so there is a person who's trying to you know sell to you and they might try to make it sound like the greatest product on earth, right? Cause that's their job. Um, and then, you know, you've got us who are the buyers and we can source those products, uh, you know, either through, they can do a sample if your store is live um, and you would intake that, you know, it all goes through the state monitored system um, and there's a whole process for that. And you can try the products that way um, or, you know, we can go out and buy our own. And then there's another you know different version of a model which is vertically integrated and that means so we're wholesale only but some organizations also cultivate and sell their own flour on their own shelves and in other storefronts um so that's another mix of how you can also procure product nice
0: so how long can it take to open a dispensary <laughs>
1: sheesh uh that is a loaded question Yeah. It really really depends um this lull site it has been 3 years in the making for our team cool. um yeah so uh you know from the from the first concept and their first you know provisional uh licensing and all that um but um you know once you get the process rolling um i would say it can take a good good couple years a year or two um, mm-hmm. so it's definitely a process that it's not going to be, you know, throw it together, get rich, quick kind of scheme. Yeah. Um, this is a labor of love and and you've got to definitely be committed and, um, do it right. You know, cause the licensing process alone, it can take up to, you know, a year, uh, it dep- it just depends on, you know, how the CCC is moving.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I bet the weight is like torture.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Um, it's a it's a lot of um it's a lot of you know checks and balances and they want to make sure you know you're you're within regulatory compliance but yeah that's time consuming and and you definitely are always waiting on bated breath uh to hear back when when you're in that process yeah
0: (laughs) always gotta be on your toes
1: (laughs) no kidding Yeah. yeah
0: so what makes reverie 73 different from other dispensaries
1: and who's the target market? Yeah, so um, the target market is for us, is, you know, folks who maybe aren't super familiar with the dispensary environment. Or, you know, are looking kind of for more of like a open concept, Um, you're able to, in most dispensaries, when you walk in, um, you kind of either ushered into a line up to the counter, or, you know, did you make a reserve a headline? Um, And there's not a lot of kind of interaction on the sales floor. They might have like displays on the sales floor, but there's not usually associates out live on the floor, kind of walking through the process with you. Um, So when you walk in with us, you're able to, you know, you obviously got to check your ID at the front, but once you walk in, it's up to you. You can mingle the floor on your own, or you can do it with an associate that's got an iPad. You know, they're on the floor. They're, they're waiting to like help you if you want. Um, or you can just go straight up to the counter. If you want to go straight up to the counter and say like, let me get a pre-roll. Um, and of course you can do a reserve ahead, like a normal, you know, dispensary and, and do the same thing, walk up and have your pre-roll already, already there for you. Um, but we're, what we're trying to do is definitely make it more personal um where like if you want to walk up you know and and walk up to our associate or we call them muses you know to give you inspiration um you want to walk up and and talk with a, one of our muses about you know hey I usually, you know, get a little anxious if I smoke hybrids that are on, you know, a more sativa end. Can you direct me to something that's going to, you know, be balanced, but not give me anxiety? Uh, They're going to help you walk through the selection. We'll get it ready for you and have it right at checkout for you. And so another, you know, kind of thing that my team noticed, uh, our ownership team noticed, and I noticed myself before I even joined them was A lot of the dispensaries are focused towards a younger market, which is fine and I love it, but we wanted to kind of pique the interest of that kind of like 30s to 60s range that, you know, maybe has never gone to a dispensary before. Um, you know, grew up in it, smoking it, you know, from their friends or whatever, and maybe, you know, want to get back into it or, you know, want to get into a more legitimate off, out of buying from, you know, a guy they know Um, and and don't want it to feel intimidating when they walk in that they don't know, you know, what they want because there's 400 menu boards with 800 strains on them. Um, We just want to take a different approach where it's not overwhelming.
0: Yes. I I love that because you know, I feel like a lot of people, um, you know, in their 50s, 60s, or in that area, you know, if they tried cannabis, it was not the same as it is now. No, (laughs) it's way stronger now. And, you know, having such a long break from, you know, trying it when they were younger, and then, you know, now looking to try it for their pain, you know, they don't even know how to approach it. And um, they could, you know, intake too much and then like ruin the whole uh, you know, think for them. So yeah. it's really important
1: to get guidance, I think. Agreed. Yeah. And a lot of people don't realize lab testing kind of, um, lab testing kind of did a disservice to the plant itself because the, the weed our parents were smoking had like CBD concentrations way higher than the weed that existed. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah you know, let's say like my mom probably smoked a joint in the seventies and it would on average probably have like 12% percent THC, let's say like 5% CBD. So they're getting this nice balance and they're not getting like this knockout, you know, punch to the face of of THC Yeah. Uh, versus now, you know, my poor mom, one time I had her try, uh, can- cannabis from California and she had not smoked in years. And she was like, I can barely walk. This is ridiculous. Um, it, it was just so strong for her and for, for our generation. It's like, well, this is what we have. We're used to 20, 30%, right. Mm-hmm. But they're there. They were not smoking that high of a percentage. And even with edibles, you know, people think, oh, I smoke. I'm a daily smoker. I'm a veteran smoker. And then they'll take a five milligram edible and be out yeah. uh, because it's <laughs> so much more potent it converts to a different version of a chemical uh you know 11 hydroxy instead of you know your traditional uh delta 9 thc so it it actually feels much more potent when it's getting digested people don't realize that you know and and so that's where we really want to like guide people through these like new products you know edibles, drinks, um, you know, tinctures, all those things that we, you know, could give them the benefit without having them smoke. Um, but we just want to, like you said, don't want to have their first experience be a negative one. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Edible tolerance and smoking
1: tolerance is completely different. <laughs> oh, it's so subjective. Yeah. Every person's different. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's you really can wow. have a 90 pound person that's you know a 100 milligram doses like their their perfect spot and you got somebody who's like 250 six feet that <laughs> they can take more than five milligrams you know it's it's really funny to see and it's really crazy how it's the concentrations are
0: different in like the drinks or the actual edibles because oh and <laughs> big thing like when if you try to i went to hemp fest uh last year and they had a a big jug, like full of, uh, THC lemonade.
1: Oh God.
0: (laughs) And you know, it looked really like, I just wanted to try it. And I asked how many milligrams they said 25. I was like, you know what? If I split this with my friend, I should be fine. But what I didn't realize is it wasn't like an even distribution (laughs) Mm -hmm. of the oil because it probably all sank down. And (gasps) I got, it, it barely tasted like cannabis, but my friend was like, oh, Leah, <laughs> you're going <laughs> to <out> have a fun time. <laughs> it
1: was like too much. <laughs> that happens for sure. No, it, especially when you have like, like exactly, you don't have exact dosed out edibles. Um, that's why like they, they've gotten really good with like the five milligram cans uh, of, of like, you know, like Levia or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah You're always like, uh, you're risking it when you're doing like a big batch.
0: Yeah. I feel like with yeah. the levias, though, like, you probably have to drink a couple to, uh... Have you
1: it, yeah, uh, seen anyone get high yeah. from just one? Or I feel, you know, what's funny is I feel a little relaxed when I take... I do the high boy uh, cans. Mm-hmm. They have, like, uh... They just taste a little bit uh, more, f- like, like, juice, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, uh... The high boy cans are five milligram solid, uh thc before the regular cans are two milligram thc four milligram cbd so it's Uh more mellow i Uh, I like the five milligram ones i would say like two or three of those for like an average person would be equivalent of like having a couple drinks
0: yeah yeah for sure
1: like that it's a great
0: alternative if you don't want to drink
1: exactly
0: it'll definitely relax you. so my other question is um how do you guys choose like your bud tenders or your, wait a second, your muses?
1: Yeah. Muses. Um, so essentially, um, you know, we interviewed everybody, uh, like, you know, a normal job, uh, opened up the posting, interviewed everybody. Um, and we tried to pick people that were well-rounded, um, individuals and, uh, they, they don't necessarily have to have a cannabis background, um, but, uh, you know, obviously that's preferred folks that have some kind of cannabis knowledge, obviously, but we put everybody through a pretty rigorous training program for cannabis knowledge as awesome. well as, you know, POS systems and all that. Um, but, uh, we've got some folks, you know, who are from the industry, some folks who used to be in the medical field, people who are in, you know, traditional retail, um, some folks who have come from admin office support. So we try to have a well-rounded group.
0: That's awesome. It's really good that you guys, you know, train, you know, your employees, especially with the products. I know there's a lot of dispensaries that, you know, don't even train them that well. So yeah.
1: yeah. And and that's what I'm realizing is some, some of these dispensaries um, just like throw people out there with whatever knowledge they have. Yeah. And you know, I think that does a little bit of a disservice to yep. their team um, to not set them up for success. You know, you want your customers to to be able to ask them anything, so we should be training them on anything.
0: Exactly. Yes. Completely agree. So, in what locations will Reverie Seventy Three soon be open?
1: We will be we will be open on March seventeenth in Lowell uh, for our grand opening at ten a.m. Uh and then our Beverly site is coming online. Uh hopefully at the end of the year. Of course it's always pending, you know, construction and licensing and all that fun. And then uh Gloucester Early 2023.
0: Amazing. I'm so excited, especially for the opening. I'm coming to that.
1: <laughs> I am so excited that you'll be able to join us. That's awesome. Yes.
0: So where can people find you guys on social media or get in contact?
1: Yeah. Um, they can follow us on Instagram, which is reverie.73 and, uh, our website reverie73.com. Um, and that should link you to like all of our, all of our other socials. Um, but our biggest, you know, platform is obviously Instagram with the cannabis industry. It's, it's the biggest way we communicate for all of our updates and all that fun. Um, but yeah, so on the 17th, we'll be posting all about our grand opening and folks can come down and we're going to have free pizza from 11 to two. (laughs) Yes, pizza.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time to educate me and my audience. I really appreciate it. And I'm so excited for the dispensary to open and I'm going to tell all these people that I know. (laughs) We'll get the people there.
1: Of course. No, thank you for having us. And, you know, we look forward to
0: seeing you. Thank you.
1: Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows.
0: Infused, a cannabis talk show, is a one-of-a-kind look inside the cannabis industry. Meet the amazing people who make cannabis businesses bloom as they join host Nick with Francesca and Mike for creative cannabis conversations. Get an honest look at the business of cannabis, including trends, best and worst practices, products, education, and advocacy. Whether you're kind of curious or running a cannabis, Infused has of conversations that count. Infused is available on YouTube and is now streaming as part of the PodConnect's network.